Super Talk Mississippi media production. What's the key to discovering delectable dining? Find something that sizzles. A time-tested favorite. A feast for your eyes and palate. And a dining experience handled with care. In Vicksburg, the key to the South. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning, finally, here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a very late victory Sunday. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors over at, oh, got to wait on them. They, 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 they got a little something later in the show, but we want to thank College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find maroon and white merchandise that you can't find just anywhere else. Only College Corner has the biggest and best selection of maroon and white merchandise in central Mississippi. So check them out. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Floyd by the Half Shell. You can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco, Starville's best Mexican restaurant, Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. Something so different than any other Mexican restaurant you've ever been to. And yet it's familiar at the same time. They've taken the taco and they've turned it into a southern delicacy. Don't ask me how they did it. They just did it. So the next time you're in Starkville or whenever you're in Starkville, if you live here, if you're just passing through and you want something different and delicious for lunch or for dinner, head over to Humble Taco. Firehouse Subs, that's another great place to go for lunch. Download the free Firehouse Subs app and you can be ordering sandwiches online. You can pick them up quickly, and you can pile up reward points every time you order. Also, don't forget to call your local firehouse subs this football season. If you're looking for someone for the tailgate or for the uh, the watch party, nothing beats a tray from firehouse subs. Locations here in Starville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, Flowood and Madison. That's firehouse subs. I want to apologize to Robbie Falk personally here on the air. He, this, is, he, this is two nights in a row. We're having to stay up late. This is all my fault today. Went and saw a friend I had not seen in quite a while today. Had a good time. Watched the Saints and that incredible comeback. You had a good day on the NFL as well. Ate some good food today. And then my daughter had a... I don't know why high school kids are... are, I'm sorry, junior high kids are being kept out till 9 o'clock at night on a school night for choir stuff. I don't know why that couldn't have been done. I don't know. 5 o'clock today? But whatever. Yeah, that was a bit extreme. It was weird. It was weird. But, I mean, we sat through a, a game that started about the same time that we're recording this the night before, so why not? Why not do it? So, Mississippi State 39, Arizona 17. Another game for the Bulldogs where I don't feel like everything totally clicked for them, and yet they won the game pretty easily. They had some big moments. They had a couple of of head-scratching moments. A lot to talk about. One man knows better than most, and he happens to be right here on this podcast. So we're going to find out the real dirt about this game, there's only one man to talk to. Tell him, fuck. Well, Bulldogs win. Not only did they cover, they doubled the cover. They that did spread. 
I was really close to my prediction. I said 38-20. And, you know, I was I thought that State was the much better team. Mm-hmm. And after about a quarter, it was apparent that State was the much better team. And one of the things we talked about, Brian, on Thursday leading into our, our Friday podcast was that Mississippi State just had to take care of their business. They had to come out, out there, play clean football, and if they did that, I thought they were going to win this game. I just did not think that Arizona had the dudes to stay in this game. I thought if State made mistakes that kept Arizona in the game, that's when you start thinking about upsets. And quite frankly, they did kind of let them hang around a little bit, but I thought it was a nice um, sign of maturity for this team that they came out there after – uh, the game got kind of dicey there in the third, fourth quarter, whenever that was, and made sure to kind of step on Arizona's throat. They yeah. finished that drive after that interception from Nathaniel Watson, who I, who I told our buddy Big Dave, my brother-in-law as well, we're sitting there watching the game. I told them when Nathaniel Watson was tackled that Mississippi State will not score on this drive. <laughs> uh, I've seen this play out before. Nathaniel Watson should have scored. He did not score. Mississippi State will not score on this drive. And luckily, Will Rogers and, and Austin Williams uh, proved otherwise there. Made the connection. And I think that's just a sign of maturity for this team. 426 yards of offense on the road in the Power Five at, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning Central Time, um, you know, by the time that thing was in the third quarter. Yeah. Ran the ball pretty much at will with the running backs. Um, defense gave up one yard rushing after the first drive, which is just nuts. Uh, 20 carries for one yard for um, Arizona, I think, after that first drive. Uh, I thought the defense played really well. They forced turnovers, gave up an easy drive on that first possession, but I thought they really kind of regrouped and made plays happen there down the stretch. And the two scores after that opening drive came on short fields from their offense. So mistakes from Mississippi State that they have to clean up, but they went on the road. Everybody, you know, had Mississippi State winning this game, um, you know, hopefully by 10 or more points. They won it by 22. So you take it. I, I said if they won by one point, that's fine. 22 points, that works too. And you'll take it for sure. No question about it. So really an interesting performance from Mississippi State. Really these first two games. And we're about to we're about to dive into that because now at this time, we I would I would caution you all to be aware that there is about to be a lot of truth coming through whatever device you're listening to us on, because these are the things that are true. I have ten things here, Robbie. Every one of them is true. Let's go. Let's do it. Number one, Mississippi State has not played a full four quarters of good football. They have not. Now that you can you can you know say what you want about why we talked about it last week with the with the, the rain delay and I, and I get all that. I, I I totally understand. I'm not critic. I'm not being critical as much as I'm just pointing out that we haven't seen start to finish a truly good game for Mississippi State. They have had moments where they have allowed teams back into it. They've made some mistakes here and there. So that's number one. But it ties to number two. It really ties to number three as well. Number two is, despite that, they're 2-0 and with an average margin of victory of 24 points. I feel like that's a pretty good sign. 
call call me crazy. No, I agree. I think that's it, it kind of shows what we've been thinking about this team that they're they could be really good. Um th- this was one of the games that I kind of a hurdle that I thought state needed to get past mm-hmm. to make sure they get to that, you know, possibly the eight win mark. Right. This was the game we all circled as if this Leach loses one, one, this is it. You can't lose this game. This right. is the this is my Memphis game from last year. This mm-hmm. is I've been saying I said that all last week. That game was the Memphis game. State avoided that. Mm-hmm. So I, and you're exactly right. They have not been great. They have not been perfect. Mm-hmm. But they've won two games handily and two games that that really were not fully in doubt. Yeah, I know a lot of people were nervous with Memphis. A lot of people were nervous again last night, but State had control of that game. Yes, I agree. So that leads us into number three. When you watch a team play like this where they're they're winning big, but they're not playing particularly well, it means one of two things, and I really believe these are the only two options. One, this team is just going to be wildly inconsistent all year, and they're going to struggle at times, and they're going to lose a few more games or I say a few more, they haven't lost yet, but they're going to lose a few games where you're going to look back and go, how did they lose that game? Or they're going to be really, really good when it starts to click. If it starts to click this weekend, you, you could see it, something take off here. Now, I don't know which which one it is yet. Maybe I'll know next Saturday. But right now, that's that's where I am. Either this team is going to be one of the most frustrating teams you've ever watched, or they're going to be one of the most delightful teams you've ever watched. I think that I think it's going to be closer to the latter. Okay. I don't I don't know if this team's going to win double digit games. That sounds like it's a reach, but I think that they're getting over the hump of losing those games and playing inconsistent. Um, they had some inconsistent moments in those first two games, but I think they've played much uh, much better than they did last year early on in the season. I mean, you remember those games last year. Mm-hmm. They would go a whole first quarter or something struggling, and it took them a while to get going. Um, I think there's just been kind of spurts here and there and not so much a long uh, amount of time where they've really struggled, um, and that's that's good news. I, I think that Arizona was is not a good team. Um, you know, I didn't see anything that was just super impressive from them. Right. On Saturday, but and I think they're a, a much better team than they were last year. They could end up being a bowl team in the Pac-12. They could find their way to six wins. Yeah, they got some talent there. Yeah, um, just wasn't overly impressed with they're what they not, did. They're not built to compete with an SEC team right now. They're just not. You could definitely tell the state was more physical. Mm-hmm. It faster. had more depth. They were faster. Mm-hmm. I mean, state looked like the SEC team. They yeah. the game the game played out a lot like it should have. I agree. I agree. All right, number four. All right, I want to. I want to. I want to preface this. I want a, a disclaimer on this one. I'm not saying. I'm not saying these. That what you think I'm saying here. I'm not saying that. Just, just let me say this though. There's a. There's a faint whiff of 2014 in this season so far. It's very faint. Just a just a little sous salt of 2014. It gets you in the back of the palate. It's like it's no. like you're sniffing. You got the wine and you swirl it. And you just you know, and then the predominant smell is whatever it is. But then in the back of that, you're like, is that 2014? So what I'm going to say is, a, is, I get well, a hint of vanilla. Yeah, vanilla. Um, I can smell a little bit of the uh, the charred barrel. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I also smell a little just, bit of Dak Prescott 
just a just a hint of Dak Prescott. What I'm saying is this: that season, if you remember, the Bowling Green game is just out of kilter here. It should have been, if it's, it should be game one. Game one, 2014, they destroyed Southern Miss, who was one of the worst teams in the country. I feel like that's Bowling Green, right? Memphis and UAB, very similar games. Remember, UAB hung around in that game for a little bit. It was played super early in the afternoon. It was boiling hot. They had a couple of big pass plays, but State dominated the game. And then you went to on the road and you played an outmatched opponent in South Alabama in 2014. I'm just saying. Nowhere in those first three games was I like, this is the number one team in the country. But this team's going to yeah, be. I, I completely one. forgot about South Alabama. And that. I remember that was a nightmare road trip from everything I've heard, that, that the stadium was not prepared. This is, is going to be a thing, a Sunbelt team not prepared for a SEC team. Imagine that. Why would you schedule them? I completely forgot about that game. But State in those three games, they looked good at times. They moved the football well. But you never were watching them going, they could be a top five team. You never, you never thought. Nobody is going to admit to that. We won't mm-hmm. allow it. It wasn't then, until the LSU game. And then they played LSU. Now, this one's, like I said, it's a little out of kilter because Bowling Green is, is two weeks away. Should find out that game time uh, later uh, today on Monday as well. That's exciting to know. There's just, I'm just telling you, in the, in the back of the nose, just you're like, what is, what is that smell? It smells so familiar. That's Bernardrick McKinney. <laughs> Just, just on the back of your nose there. That's just, Jeff I'm, Collins. That's one A. That's one A. One B. It's psycho defense. That's that's Derek Cody and Hell State Productions. <laughs> yeah, it's all those things. <laughs> it's all those things. Here's here's what I'll say. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm there with you, and I, I think I I think I briefly mentioned that last week on the on your show that you know I could see it could play out similar to that. And I'm not saying State goes number one. I'm not right. saying that team has a Heisman contender on it. But it could play out very similar for Mississippi State in that it goes to LSU mm-hmm. if they if they can win that game. Mm-hmm. And listen, we're not playing we're not playing in this game. We're right. not looking ahead and, and not focusing. Right. I mean, we can say whatever we want to. We're radio people. That's correct. But um they beat LSU this week mm-hmm. if it happens. I, I seriously doubt State slips up against Bowling Green. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, but you know, and then you've got strange things happen. But yeah. th- this could play out like just like it was in 2014, mm-hmm. in that you have Texas A&M, and mm-hmm. then Arkansas could be playing the Plays part the of role Auburn. of Auburn basically because they're they're in the top ten right now, aren't they? I, I can't yes. remember. I, they I are, put they them are. In my top ten. And then I mean, that's a team they that they have could Alabama be... next week. Does Arkansas? No, oh, well, so. never mind. Well, I'm but. If, if they Alabama play them close, is, they'll stay ranked. They could, you know, that game's in Fayetteville. It could, could. I don't know. I don't know yet. I don't know. I don't want to say anything. I'm just saying. I have a feeling. I have a feeling that Alabama's going to look invincible again. Next yeah, week. probably so. Right when you're know. like, ah, is the dynasty? You, did you know crumble? Saturday was Tyler Horka's uh, birthday? Oh, he almost got the greatest gift of all time. And he almost. got a double whammy. He got uh, and he got Texas covers, yeah. and the Notre. He got Texas yeah. and the Notre Dame in like yeah. an hour's time. Sorry, Tyler. Whew. So anyway. 2014. Just, just keep it, just keep it in the back of the nose there. Uh, number five. Will Rogers has it figured out. What I mean by that is this: it doesn't matter what defense you throw at him, he understands how to attack you. Now that's not to say that he's going to go out there with Alabama and Georgia and be like, okay, we're good, and throw for 400. I'm not saying that because their talent level is so much higher. But 
Memphis and what Memphis did and what Arizona did were completely different, and he was successful against both. It got back a little bit to the dink and dunk last night, but he was effective. He completed 80% of his passes. He threw one interception that was not his fault. It got knocked off of a, a player's uh, thing. He threw for four touchdowns. I hate that goes against him, too. I know. They, they should start calling them tip sixes and or tip or tip receptions or something and take or, them off. Or a, or a fumble or something from the inter, receiver. Inter, in, in, I can't do it. Anyway, he right now, Will Rogers has complete control of Mississippi State's offense. You can feel confident in him every time he goes out. Now he's still, you know, he's still the same guy. He's not going to be starting throwing the ball seventy-five yards down the field. By the way, shout out to Will Levis. By the way, did you see that dot, that dart that he threw sixty yards in the air? It's incredible. Well, he'll throw that, and then he'll throw yeah, yeah. a bullet to That's another five thing. yards away. That's another thing. I wasn't really impressed with him at all the other night. That's a yeah. We got neither one of those teams were super impressive. But Kentucky was impressive in that they're tough defense. Their defense was yeah. I, I look forward to their game in Oxford in a few weeks. Um, but with Rodgers right now, I have as much confidence in him as I've had in any quarterback in, since Dak Prescott. And you're talking about, you know, different level there, but I just don't believe he's going to make mistakes. I'm surprised when something, when he, when he overthrows a guy, I'm surprised when there's an interception, I'm surprised when it's just not the right thing. I feel like every time he drops back to pass, that the ball is going to go forward and, and, and get positive yardage. That's yeah, great, I agree. Yeah, did it seem like yesterday that them running the football like they did might have thrown him and the offense out of rhythm a little bit? Like early I, on, they had well, I think they had so much success with it early on that later in the game, when they stopped having success with it, they still tried to go with it. Well, I, I just thought that that the offense was flowing better when they were just throwing it. Mm-hmm. I just I didn't think that they because. His numbers were not very good no. in the first half. He's and, completing you know, passes, but he wasn't were, getting big yards. The receivers were struggling. It felt like, you know, when they came out of the uh, of uh, the second the second half, and they had that eight, yeah, it was like eight for eight on that drive mm-hmm. or whatever. He just came out just just yeah. throwing it. Uh, out of locker room reset and went from there. I thought, I thought they were more. I thought they, I thought the offense flowed better when they were just throwing the football. It was kind of weird. It's had a ton um, of success running it. Yeah. Oh, Dak surgery. It's you know it's actually probably good for him because he was going probably going to get killed yeah. in the next two or three weeks because that the personnel around him is terrible. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, all right, let's move forward. Uh, number six. I thought State was much, much better pressuring the quarterback this week. Now it's the time to learn how to tackle him. You got to get him on the ground when you get back there. State had two sacks. They could have easily had five. Missed tackles were, were a bit of an issue, and I'm sure Arnett was steaming about that. That said, you get a lot of people complaining about the defense. As you pointed out, Two of or 10 of their 17 points come off of short fields, off of MSU turnovers. State gave up I think 75 yards on the first drive and 69 yards nice. on the last drive of the game, where they, which ended on turnover and downs. Outside of that, they gave up like 140 yards. So they had a bad first drive, 
Arnett sees what he needs to see and makes enough adjustments, and then they basically shut them down. They only had one other drive over 50 yards, and that ended with an interception. I thought the defense was really good. You know, you may you, you may look at the 17 points and think that ah, seems a little high. That defense that was a really good performance. They got after the quarterback. I'm interested, you know, because next week I feel like obviously Jaden Daniels is a quarterback who, when if you miss him on the blitz, he's just going to take off running and he can get some big plays. State's got to do a better job of getting guys on the ground. But all in all, I think we saw what you wanted to see from the state defense on on Saturday. Yeah, and I mean, I really wish we would stop saying that the defense is not getting pressure. Yeah, um, there was there was plenty of pressure on Delora yeah. on Saturday. There's a big reason why he had 22 incompletions, and the big reason was State was flushing him out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. They're making him throw the ball over people's heads, throw the ball in the dirt, and that, listen, they dropped some passes, but pressure was not an issue. Um, I thought that it could have been significantly better for Mississippi State if they were able to bring him to the ground. And listen, that's easier said than done, too, because this is a guy that's very slippery. He was, you know, I, I thought that he had just been sandwiched and crushed against, uh, was it, Nate, was it uh, Nathaniel Watson and Tyrus mm-hmm. Wheat mm-hmm. on that play that he threw an interception? I thought he had just been obliterated there. And he somehow popped out of there. So it's easier said than done. But the pressure was not an issue. State's just got to be able to wrap up. Yeah. And they especially have to do it this week because so, yeah. Jaden Daniels is going to be a guy that's not going to be reluctant to take no. off and run. He's, he's going to run. Sound is all State needs yeah. to be there. All right. And I think you, you probably have to have a guy spying, spying him. And maybe Jet Johnson's that guy. Maybe uh, Jackie Matthews is that guy. Uh, kind of waiting for him to to take off and run, and you got to wrap him up in the open field. All right, number uh, where are we? Number seven. It hurts to say, but Massimo Biscardi sleeps with the fishes. <laughs> oh, Massimo! Oh, won't see him no more. Take the kicking tee. Le- take the cannolis. Leave the kicking tee. <laughs> nope. Can't can't have it. Can't do it. Can't have it, Massimo. I'm sorry. I, I wanted you to be good so badly, but I don't know that he'll play again this 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 year. And that leads us into number eight, which is, you know, when in state last year they kept bringing in kickers, right? And they, they, you know, you just every day it seemed like you were seeing a graphic. Here comes a kicker, and you're like, why are they get all these kickers? This is why Leach was not going to be caught flat-footed again. He was going to make sure he had at least one guy that could kick the football. So Ben Rabin, next man up. You know what's weird to me mm. is Massimo has been worse at extra points than he has field goal kicks. His, in his career. career, yeah, it's really weird. I don't understand that. Um, he missed like six I, extra points or something like that at uh, at Coastal Carolina or something like that. And I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't see a replay of those kicks, but I didn't see anything wrong with the snap or the hold. Yeah, and that's something you have to you have to think about sometimes. I mean, there's just there's a lot of things that go into a kick. There's there's two things before the kicker gets the ball that have to go right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, forty six of forty eight extra points last year. Mm-hmm. He's uh, missed eleven that. extra points in his career. I mean, that's just that's nuts, man. Yeah, and and it's um, and for field goals, he's missed. 
Uh, hold on, eight, ten. He's missed eleven field goals in his career. That's insane. Yeah, and um, I thought Ben Rabin was fantastic. Yeah, really good. I mean, every kick was destroyed through the end zone. They yes. did it. I think they listened to, to TNL this last week. Every kick I mean, was destroyed. Every extra point looked perfectly fine. Every the the two uh, regular kicks were perfect. Mm-hmm. Sign the dude up. Let him be the kicker. Massimo Biscotti. <laughs> Sorry, it had to be this way. He's got to. He's got to. He's got to go. I feel like I've been stabbed in the hot. <laughs> All right. Uh, where are we here? Number uh, nine. Jameer Calvin. One fumble is probably going to cost you a spot, my friend. That wide receiver core is too good to be coughing up the ball. I'll, Calvin. Probably won't see him this week. It's pretty wild how inconsistent he is. There are some games where you're like, that guy is fantastic, can play at the next level. And there's some games where you're like, where is he? And then he makes or he does something like that. I mean, you got to protect the football. But when you you're in a group like this, we talked about last week about trying to find the right the right rotation for these wide receivers, and you're going to start seeing fewer guys. It's not going to be the same number. And you've got Calvin, and you've got Harvey. And you, I'm sorry, you got Harvey and Williams and, and Wally all there in the slot. There's just no room for error. And and to make a play like that, it's just not – you can't do it. No. Too many guys out there that are, are too reliable mm-hmm. and you're taking reps away from those guys whenever you come in the ball game. It's going to be tough. If you're not – if you can't hold on to the ball in this offense, Steve Spurrier, Hollingshead, Leach, they're not going to – they're not going to put you on the field. No. Um, you know, Caleb Ducking had a key drop. Antonio mm-hmm. Harmon had a key drop. Mm-hmm. But Ducking made up for it. He made he had two touchdown receptions. Right. I thought he really did a good job coming back from that. I agree. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Calvin's got to be better. He's the he's pl- nobody's played in this offense. He's the most than veteran him. guy, exactly. So that's what's it's always kind of strange to me. Yeah. All right, last one, number 10. I don't know if you'll agree with me on this one, but this game against LSU is a massive game for Mississippi State season. No question about that, right? I feel like this game is bigger than just this season for Mike Leach. This is a statement game that if he wins it, you start taking him really seriously as a guy who can elevate Mississippi State's program. If they lose, it doesn't mean that he can't be that guy. It just means we got to wait a couple more weeks to see if he can do it against AM and Arkansas. But a win here. And I think you have – there's still a lot of not people not bought into Mike Leach. There's no question about that. A win here, and I mean, I feel like you got to kind of get on board. If you're not on the bandwagon at that point, it's just a personal thing with you. This this is a game – this is a legacy game for Mike Leach, in my opinion. Well, he, he just proves that this is who he is. He's consistent. Um, because I mean, with all the faults that people throw at him, you know, and the fact that he has these uh, unexplainable losses to people, I mean, he's a guy that averages somewhere around what eight, seven, eight wins mm-hmm. in his career. He's been consistent everywhere he's been. There was that one that year three at Washington State where they just kind of had to rebuild. That just kind of sets off the whole year three thing, but. I think this is this is kind of the trajectory, all things normal, that you see from Mike Leach. And when he gets 
to that level and he gets to the the top of the mountain or the the peak or whatever, they kind of stabilize. They don't really get worse than seven or eight wins. Um, but I think the ceiling is high. I've said this since Leach was hired. I think the ceiling is is higher at Mississippi State than is than has been anywhere else for Leach. And this is his opportunity, like you said, to kind of take this program to the next level uh, because, you know, this offense, it works. Uh, it's been productive everywhere. It's shown that it can be productive in this league. He's got the personnel here. He's got as good a defense that he's had as a head coach. I think Mike Leach can do some big things. And this is a, a chance this week uh, to really take that next step because I, I think the – the next few games after that, you got a chance to really take off. And the media and, and people around the country have shown that when Mississippi State starts to kind of take off, they'll latch on. Mm-hmm. And Mike they did Leach it in 2014, special. and they do the same thing to Mike Leach. You know, he's funny. He does you know we we have the the funny wedding conversations and stuff like that. But when he starts winning, people start to really take notice. Um, and this could be Mississippi State's chance here to to hit another level on the national scene. No question about it. No question about that. So this is a, this is a big game. We got a lot to talk about this week here on uh, on LSU Week on Thunder and Lightning. All right, let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef it's what's for dinner whenever you're cooking out or just cooking for your family. Beef is always a great option. You've got it's just so versatile. Whatever kind of meal you want to prepare, there's a cut of beef out there that makes that meal even better. If you need a recipe, I know where you can find one at MS Beef. Dot org. They've got great recipes and great information about our beef providers here in the Magnolia State. Hit up your local butcher, hit up your meat markets, and ask them to hook you up with some great cuts for this weekend. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. That'll be a great place to watch the game this weekend. If you are in town, you want to watch Mississippi State LSU, plenty of big screen televisions that'll be tuned in to ESPN for the dogs and the Tigers. And while you're watching the game, you can be eating some fantastic food, not just barbecue. It's smoked Southern soul food, and it's oh so good every time you're at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Advantage Business Systems makes it really, really easy for you. When they offer great products and great service, it's not just about the cliches. It's it's what they deliver, and they've been doing it for 47 years. Years. So when you need new products for your business, copiers, printers, laptops, whatever it is, you check out Advantage Business Systems. And then when something goes wrong, if it does, you're not talking to somebody at a call center from God knows where. You're not talking to an out-of-state contractor who's like, oh, I'll be there in a week or so. You're talking to somebody here in this state, and they can help you in many cases the exact same day. That's the difference between being a neighbor and being a number. And that's what you are with Advantage Business Systems. Call them at 601-362-9192. Or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Very excited to add and welcome a new sponsor uh, to Thunder and Lightning, and one that I would not have expected. You know, this is more of a Richard Cross kind of a, uh, 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 you know, uh, company. Very yes. high end. But they said they wanted to, they wanted to reach out to MSU fans, and they said Thunder and Lightning was the best way to do that. Guys, let's welcome the Rogue in Jackson to thunder and lightning and they've got a message for you guys you are no longer hostage to the three-stripe life 
You can celebrate Maroon Fridays and game days this fall by picking up some new swag from my friends at The Rogue. They have the best lineup of MSU polos and quarter zips I've ever seen. And, I, you know, I read the message boards, guys. You don't like Vanner M? No problem. M over S, Walking Bully, the state script. These are all some of the logos they're using on this stuff. Guys, it is super high quality. This is a shirt that's going to last you for a long, long time. And they look fantastic. So shop the Collegiate Collection at The Rogue. Go to therogue.com. Follow them on Instagram at therogejxn. Hashtag no three-stripe life is what they sent me. I like oh, that. Man. Oh, man. It's time to members, it's, members of the end zone 11 there. The, the end zone 11, I expect you guys to be calling this week and spending some cash with The Rogue to get some of these polos. You say you want all this extra stuff, so you're not going to buy the banner rim. Here's your opportunity. Great quality polos from the Rogue. That's one of the most trusted names in men's clothing here in the state of Mississippi. Welcome them to Thunder and Lightning. Hit them up this week and get yourself a brand new awesome polo. And while I certainly think Mississippi State polos and what you're wearing is important, we're going to talk about something that's even more important. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. All right. You guys were chomping at the bit for this week's edition of Coffee is for Closers. That's brought to you by our friends over at Strange Brew Coffee House. Start your day the right way. The trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo in Tupelo. I got one here for you, Robbie. I'm ready. Be kind of weird if Brupolo was an Una. Una. Yeah. Oh, uh, you got me on that one. Where's Una? It's on 45 between uh West Point and uh Tupelo. Is it really? Well, you can get there from there, yeah. UNA. Bruna. Bruna works. There you go. Well, wherever you are in our state, whatever highway you're living off of, you go I think to- I know where that is now that you mention it. Yeah. You go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order it, and they'll ship it right to you. Whatever kind of coffee machine sits on your front counter, they got you covered at Strange Brew Coffee House. You guys know for the Mississippi State one who it's got to be. It's got to be Massimo. No espresso, Massimo. No cappuccino. <laughs> they get nothing. What's the matter with you? Uh, I mean, I just get two extra points. I mean, a field, a field goal, I would be like, well, you know, let me t- tell me how long it was, but that's what she said. But oh you, <laughs> I couldn't resist. Uh, but two extra points. I mean, that just can't happen. I, I'll be honest. I, I, I think as long as Raybon's making kicks now, he's the guy. They're not going to make it. They're not going to switch him back out. I don't think. We'll have to see. Um, and then we get to the SEC. <laughs> <laughs> you know, over on Sports Talk Mississippi, We've been trying to convince ourselves that we should rebrand Texas A&M as Texas 8-4. and four. But I feel like we might have uh, oversold that shot by a little bit. <laughs> and then you top that off with the video that appeared Sunday night of their yell leaders. Uh, every time I see the yell leaders, I'm embarrassed for them. Uh, and then they were just going out and making fun of Appalachian State, who, you know, beat them later that, uh, that evening or later that next day. Um, they had like, if I'm correct, Texas A&M ran like two plays inside Appalachian state territory. Oh, you know, because remember their second touchdown was a kickoff return. Yeah. I mean, Haynes King, they got to make a change. They don't have any choice in that matter. 
Jimbo Fisher. Maybe, maybe it's maybe I'm wrong. Maybe having Jameis Winston on your team in college was worth a few more wins than having Jimbo Fisher on your sidelines. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just spitballing there though. And also, I just I feel like the offense that he runs is just not it's archaic. It's not built. It's no. not built for this day no. and age. No, it's not. And so, um, and back to the yell leaders for a second. And I don't want there's a there's a guy on Twitter that got really upset the other did. day. He can just get upset again. Um, I'm sorry, Maven Maroon. Oh, well, uh, that we're talking about this, but that they made fun of these people in uh, in the Appalachians. Mm-hmm. While wearing overalls, yes, yes, they made fun and of Mississippi I mean, State last like, year. The same thing, and they're just not funny. No. You know, the stuff they say is really, really it's very lame. corny. It, yeah, it's all like the lowest hanging fruit. Like they're making yeah. fun of people from North Carolina because they can't read. I'm like, you're from Texas. Like, exactly. What, what are we talking about here? So. Yeah, like who wants to live in in Starkville? Yeah, like you, like I, I, yeah, I've seen College Station. It's it's not exactly special. A paradise there. Yeah, so, so I, I love that those things are now being broadcasted on and, YouTube, so they can be so people can talk about them every single time they lose. I had some people talking about Texas and like, oh well, you know, they just keep recruiting like this. Really, for t- two things. First off, Alabama and Georgia is still recruiting like this, so they aren't going anywhere. Those are the teams you're trying to catch up to. But yeah, secondly, they're, they're not, you're, you're not going to be that much better. From a roster standpoint, if you ever get better, right, uh, than Georgia and Alabama. But even then, I mean, talent's not the reason you lost to Appalachian State. No, it's not. So, Texas A and M, Brian. Texas A and M has the number four yes. roster in the country. Right, right they now. lost to Mississippi State last year, who is not as talented as them. They lost to Arkansas, not as talented. Lost to Ole Miss, not as talented. So I've been. I've just because been Jimbo Fisher has talent. Doesn't mean he knows how to develop it and win with it. He just knows how to recruit it. Yeah, it, uh, I've been beating this drum on Texas A and M since about 2014 mm-hmm. when Kenny Hill came to Startville and that happened. Yeah, I've been beating this drum about them because there's always somebody on the internet that says, "Well, just wait till wait till they use all their resources. Wait till all that." They've been doing that. Yeah, they're doing it now more than ever, and. Right now, they're blowing their chances more than anything, um, and that that stats going around, which you know, I, I researched that a couple of years ago, and it's actually gotten worse for Jimbo Fisher. He actually is at the same spot Kevin Someone was in his career this far into it. So I know everybody loves him. Barrett Sali tweeted that though that at this at fifty games in, Fisher is thirty five and fifteen. And uh, Sumlin was 36 and 14. And Sumlin is, they're very similar coaches in that when Sumlin had a transcendent quarterback, he was great. And then when he lost him, he wasn't. And the same thing here. But people and forget how good Jameis I mean, Winston was in college. Got one of Heisman Trophy and a national title. And like, you know, they had Kellen Mond a, mm-hmm. a couple years ago who had been there for like five years. Yeah. Veteran and- team. Yeah, and that was their year. I mean, they had a really good season and then followed that up with last season. Let's just, let me just sort of go through this here. Next uh, five for Texas A&M. All right. Oh, it's, it's, it's dangerous. <laughs> they got uh, Miami next week. They have Miami next week. Now, Miami didn't look particularly great, but... Is it at Miami? It's at Texas A&M. 
Okay. Then they have Arkansas. Then they come to Mississippi State. Then they play Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Then they have South Carolina. That's on the road. Then they have Ole Miss at home. Then they have Florida at home. Uh, At the first, when we we were talking about them in the summer, Mm -hmm. I said that I thought they would, when they get end. they would heat up. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I just don't know. I, I, I th- and I'm not one that ever gives them any credit, and I feel like I was giving them too much credit. Yeah, I agree. On uh, the national level, I want y'all to know that I wanted to go with Notre Dame. I really did want to go with them. But it's got to be Nebraska, right? It's got to be. So this is how much they wanted to fire Scott Frost. If they had waited till October 1st, their buyout would have been gone from $15 million to $7.5 million. They were willing to spend an extra $7.5 million to fire him today and not wait 20 more days. What does that do? They just they felt like the team was about to just revolt, I guess. I don't know. I Scott Frost is the ultimate how did it go wrong. The guy mm-hmm. was dominant at Central Florida. Goes to Nebraska, his alma mater, Everybody, everybody, everybody thought it was going to be a perfect fit. Instead, he's he's canned now. The I, I said it once. I'll say it again. The coaching class of 2018 is the worst coaching class I've ever seen. Frost, Moorhead, Pruitt, Morris, Mullen at Florida was not good. Matt Luke is technically in that class. Uh, I mean, it's just awful coaches. It's a disaster. I, and I'm leaving a couple out. I, I know I'm leaving a couple out. So. So bad. And now Nebraska. I'm, I'm, I said it on Twitter. I'll say it again. Dan Mullen's the guy to get there. Guy who you know doesn't need elite recruits to win. Because you can't. You can't. Somebody, I think it was Dan Wetzel, who I was a good writer. Really, I, I like his work. He's trying to respect him. But he talks about that they need to find a uh, an elite recruiter who can lean into their NIL capability. I don't think elite recruits want to go to Nebraska. I just don't. No, no they don't. You need why to do, find somebody who can develop. Yeah, people keep talking about Nebraska Somebody like they're this national brand. A, a who can blue, develop blue talent, three star talent into four or five star type players. You need. A I, I've agreed with that too. I, I thought that I thought that Mullen would be a good fit there, Sorry. but I did hear Brandon Marcello earlier. He made a great point, and I don't know if this is even possible. But Mark Stoops, Mark Stoops would. Why be would you leave? Incredible. You're in a better place right now. Is it a better place? It's a better place in terms of the there's fact no that pressure. The SEC. There's yeah, no real the, pressure. As long well, as he that, plays games that, every year, it, he's fine. That, but I don't think he's appreciated there. In he's the way not because he you be saw the, the comments from Calipari. But Nebraska fans, they would appreciate him. But if you know, three straight eight and four seasons, they would be like, "What's going on here?" I mean, it's, it's they, they're just way too big for their britches in, in Nebraska. That's why they fired Polini. Because he was mean. Well, they haven't been. All he did was win ten games. They're they're not what they were in the nineties. They're not. They're, Mullen, that, Mullen that would be the guy there. And then I don't I don't think Freeze would go there. You know, I'm looking at the next year's cycle. I think I think honestly I I really do believe that Auburn will push their chips under the table for Hugh Freeze. I, I disagree. I think that I think that he's I, I don't think he's a power five guy anymore. <sighs> they're not even they're not even that good this year. I mean I, I get they did lose a. a NFL quarterback. That's a tough thing to replace at uh, Liberty. What, do they do they lose yesterday? I didn't look. 
No, they won. They beat you two and seven. But yeah, but they're but they're not very good. Two and zero is two and zero. I'm just saying. They went to four overtimes with Southern. Just saying, it's two and zero. We'll see. We'll see how that all we got. We got a long way to go on that. Auburn, not great either. They they, they don't look good at all. They were right. they were doing Gatorade baths and dancing in the locker room after beating Mercer San, last week. In San Jose State this week. Jeez. All right. Big week here on Thunder and Lightning. Obviously, it's LSU week. We'll have plenty of great guests. We will have the Augustinelli family reunion on This Is Our Show at the end of the week. Peter Burns from the SEC Network will join us as well. Um, we'll definitely get a couple of beat writers on, maybe some other stuff as, as we go. Talk about this huge matchup between Mississippi State and the LSU Tigers. Thanks for waiting up for us, and uh, we appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.